Hello, this is Martin Wolf, Chief Economics Commentator of the Financial Times, with my podcast, Thinking Anew on UK Monetary Policy, February the 19th, 2009. The nice, non-inflationary, consistently expansionary decade has gone. The next decade is going to be nasty. It is time to start learning lessons. Niceness proved a trap. The UK economy has moved with brutal speed from what Andrew Haldane, the Bank of England's new Executive Director for Financial Stability, in a brilliant paper, calls the golden decade of steady growth and low volatility to its opposite. Stability has proved the economy's nemesis, as Hyman Minsky predicted. Today, the UK is confronting a painful legacy, the collapse of the housing market and the financial sector, high levels of household debt, evaporation of government revenue, huge fiscal deficits, and assumption by the government of responsibility for a banking system whose aggregate balance sheets are close to five times gross domestic product. This is scary. Can monetary policy cope? The answer is yes, provided neither it nor the government loses credibility. Mervyn King, Governor of the Bank, argues that maintaining the inflationary anchor is the best way to get through the short-term turmoil. He is right. Moreover, even though conventional monetary policy is reaching its limits, the unconventional tools discussed in the latest inflation report should be adequate. The bank can still expand the money supply and support spending in many ways. Yet this latest report also underlines the limitations of the bank's approach to monetary policy. Looking two years ahead is just not far enough. The resulting analysis risks missing the underlying processes at work and so risks being, in the words of John Maynard Keynes, precisely wrong rather than roughly right. I would stress one lesson of the past and one challenge for the future. The lesson of the past is that, alas, inflation targeting failed. This does not mean that it is impossible to target inflation successfully. The evidence is that it has worked so far. But stabilizing inflation has not, in practice, stabilized the economy. On the contrary, success with inflation helped destabilize inflation itself, as we now see, by boosting a credit explosion, foolish risk-taking, and ultimately a financial meltdown. Within its two-year policy horizon, the Monetary Policy Committee had to ignore the risks of such long-term feedback effects via credit, money, and asset prices. These were unsustainable processes, but when they would break was quite unpredictable. Yet in hindsight, policy should have taken them more into account. This could have been done either by adjusting interest rates or by regulatory means. This lesson of the past also relates to challenges ahead. Again, will it be possible to manage the powerful destabilizing processes we see? The economy, the public finances and indebted home buyers have suffered huge negative shocks. Deflation is the immediate fear, but one must ask what role inflation might play in redistributing these losses in future. A big part of the answer depends on whether the UK government remains a AAA-rated sovereign borrower. If it does, one can contemplate the prospective jump in government explicit and contingent debt with complete equanimity. But a downgrade risks becoming a self-fulfilling and so self-justifying prophecy. 
liabilities easily borne by AAA-rated governments might be unbearable for the AA-rated. Ironically, discredited rating agencies might even damage trust in hitherto creditworthy governments. Fortunately, in its most recent analysis, Moody's does not throw much doubt on the UK's ability to remain AAA-rated, even though it recognises, as it must, that the debt challenges confronting the UK are, in its words, considerable. Yet it also rates the country's adjustment capacity as sizable. Let us hope so. The conclusion I draw is that a cogent analysis of prospects for inflation has to be both broader and longer term than that contained in the inflation report. I hardly expect the bank to comment on the government's determination to close the fiscal deficit. But without an assessment of the monetary implications of public debt, we cannot know how far inflation is likely to remain under control. Today, any analysis of inflation risks has to examine alternative scenarios for growth, fiscal deficits and debt over the medium term. Similarly, a few years ago, any analysis had to examine the implications of the path of asset prices, financing and debt. The Monetary Policy Committee must change both the content of its inflation report and the way it thinks about its job. Too narrow a focus on the next two years risks missing the bigger picture repeatedly. The bank should not focus only on inflation over the next two years, but on threats to price stability over a longer horizon. What is needed, at the least, is an analytical chapter on over-the-horizon risks. The bank can never answer all questions related to long-run inflation, but it can and should ask them. An independent council of economic advisers would help even more. The bank has erred, who after all has not. The Treasury has erred still more. The UK has much left to learn from this shattering failure. This podcast is available at www.ft.com forward slash wolf podcast. My columns are available at www.ft.com forward slash wolf. Goodbye.